0: And aren't you grateful that today our Christ lives? He is not dead in a tomb. He is not locked away for people to come by and visit. He's not in a place where you can go and lay flowers and, and, and pay your respects. Today our Christ lives. Today he is at the right hand of the Father according to God's word. Ever making intercession for you and for me. Today Jesus lives. What a powerful truth. What an amazing promise that no matter what you might be going through today, no matter how tough it might seem, no matter how downhearted you might feel, no matter how difficult each and every turn of your life might look, our Christ lives, and he lives today so we can face tomorrow. He lives today so that our fears are gone. Aren't you grateful for that truth? Aren't you grateful that today Christ has done exactly what he intended to do? Now over these last couple of weeks here at Thomas Road, we've been walking through those famous last words that Jesus spoke from the cross, those statements that he, as he was hanging there for the world to watch, expecting that in just a mere hours, minutes, that his life would be gone, he spoke truths. Truths that led us to understand forgiveness, that helped us to understand what hope and what comfort really looked like, to help us recognize that even in the midst of his pain, in his humanity, that he still had a purpose. And that purpose was really twofold. The first was indeed to die on that cross, to be buried in that tomb. Oh, but the second, the second was for him to walk out of that grave victorious, over sin over death over satan to walk out of that grave to give each and every one of us victory and so we have to recognize that the purpose in his death was so that in each of our lives it would give us purpose and then the purpose in his resurrection was to give us hope and purpose in our death Because the Bible tells us that when we understand who Jesus is and what he has done, when we trust in him, when we believe in him, what God gives to us is that great gift, that great promise, that great everlasting hope that we will never die. Now, certainly these bodies that we live in, they will die. We know that because of the condition of our world, because of the brokenness of our world, because of sin, that it is appointed unto man once to die. But my friends, know this, believe this, trust in this. Today, take victory and hope and rejoice in this great promise that because of Christ, the moment that we take our last breath here is the moment that we take our first breath in the presence of God. Now today, we want to look at one last statement that Jesus made. A statement that he made that is familiar, the one that even songs have been written about a statement that Jesus gave as he was hanging on that cross in the moments before his life left him. And in these words, in this statement, today we can find victory, we can find hope because of what Christ has done. And so today I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to John chapter 19. And in John chapter 19, we're going to look at two verses. John chapter 19, verse 28, and then again in verse 30. And I'll share some other verses with you along the way so that today, on this Easter Sunday, on this day that while we're not gathered within the church, that we're still gathered as the church, wherever we might be, that we can rejoice because Christ lives. We rejoice because we know that what is revealed in the fact that he today lives is that his work was accomplished. Look what it says in John chapter 19, verse 28, in the first part of that verse. It says, after this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished. Now you think about the statement that I just shared. John writing this passage, writing in this gospel, as he watched with his own eyes as Jesus was hanging on the cross, as his life was slowly slipping away, and yet the words that came to him were not words of of hopelessness. They were not words of distress, not discouragement. In fact, the words that came to him was just simply this, that Christ recognized, understood that all things were now accomplished. So what was accomplished? Well, we know what was accomplished by looking at a different passage, in a different gospel, Luke chapter 19, verse 10, where it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So what was accomplished? What work is it that Jesus came to accomplish? It's to find you and me. Because Romans chapter 3 verse 23 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means that you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It means that people sitting with you right now in your own home, maybe your own family, that they have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It means all of our worship team that just led us in worship a few moments ago, each and every one of them have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It means that I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because we have all sinned, because we've all fallen short of God's glory, Jesus came to look for us, to seek us out, and to save us by what he did 2,000 years ago. His work was accomplished. The scriptures were proven. When you look in John chapter 19, the second part of that verse, verse 28, it says this, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And so John, again, watching as Jesus hung on that cross, he recognized that the work of Jesus was being accomplished, but he also recognized that the scriptures were being fulfilled. If you go back into the Old Testament, there are scores, scores, 50, 60 different prophecies that talked about what Jesus was doing in this moment about what he was accomplishing. And so we see that coming Messiah, that Jesus would be born, that he would die on the cross, and yes, that he would rise again. When you look in the scriptures in John chapter 1, verse 29, even John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus coming towards him that day, it says this, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said these words, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You see, when Jesus hung on that cross, when he took our sins upon his back, when he died for our sins to seek and to save that which was lost, he did so because he was the Lamb of God, the Son of God, who came to take away the sins of the world. Let's personalize it. He came to take away your sins, and he came to take away my sin. And I am so grateful. I am so grateful that that is why Jesus came. You see, he came to give us that hope because he loved us. When Jesus was hanging on that cross, when he went through all that he went through for us, his love was displayed. We go into the scriptures again in John chapter 19. If you go forward two verses into verse 30, in the second part of that verse, that statement that Jesus made, he said these words, it is finished. In the original language is it's tetelestai, which literally means to bring to a close or to complete. In other words, to accomplish a work, to finish what he had set out. To accomplish, in Romans chapter five verse eight, we get a picture of what it is that He came to accomplish, and His love that was on display that day. It says, "But God demonstrates His own love towards us, and that while we are still sinners, Christ died for us." That means that no matter who you are, and no matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've messed up, God loves you anyway. Today, as you're watching this program, watching this service, as you may be listening to it, as you're driving down the road. And maybe in this moment, as you begin thinking and and personalizing this message, this idea that I'm sharing with you today, that God loves us even despite our sin, maybe what's going through your mind right now is just this. Yeah, but God doesn't know what I've done. That preacher doesn't understand the sin that I've committed. Well, the good news is this. I don't know, but God does know. And here's the beautiful thing of the picture of what Jesus did. Not only does God know, God loves you anyway. He knows what you've done wrong. He knows every sin that you've ever committed. There is nothing that our God does not know about us. Now, I'll be honest with you, that at times can be scary. But I promise you this, and I hope you understand this. While it might be scary at times, knowing our sin, aren't you grateful? Don't you rejoice today that that even because he does know our sin, he still loves you? that he still cares about you so deeply that he was would allow his only son, Jesus, to come to this earth and to die on the cross for you and me. What a beautiful picture of love. The Bible says that there's no greater love than when someone would lay down his life for a friend. You see, the greatest love that we could ever experience, the greatest love that we could ever imagine is the love that Jesus gave when he was about to be nailed to that tree as the very son of God, he could have spoken the word and stopped it in its tracks. He could have, in a moment, in just a, a, just breathing out a word, he could have stopped everything that was taking place. He could have knocked over those soldiers with his breath. He could have sent them on their way. He could have stopped everything if he wanted to, but he didn't want to. Why? Because he wanted to prove his love for you and me. Man, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Today, I know we're sitting in our homes. Today, I know we're living in a time of uncertainty and a time where we're wondering what tomorrow might hold. We see the news reports. We see the stories of so many people that are suffering, so many people that are going through difficult times. We've seen the horrific stories coming out of of not only places around the world, but in our own country where people are losing their lives as a result of this virus that has gripped the world. Man, don't be discouraged. Yes, it's tough. And yes, we must pray. And we must pray for victory. We must pray for healing. Absolutely. But do not be discouraged. Because the God who created everything that there is, who hung the sun, the moon, and the stars in the sky, that God loves you and he proved it. He displayed that love when he allowed his only son, Jesus, to die for your sins and mine. What a beautiful picture. His love was displayed, and only God could do this. Only God could give that kind of love, show that kind of love that would actually accomplish that kind of purpose, to pay for our sins, which, which then underscores, and it goes back to that statement that Jesus made, it is finished, the work is completed, I've accomplished what I've come to do, because only God could do that, which means just simply that his power was confirmed. Look in the scriptures in John chapter 19, verse 30, in the last part of that verse. It says, now, in bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Here's the important thing to recognize and understand. Those soldiers did not take the life of Jesus. Pilate did not kill Jesus. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, they did not kill Jesus. Judas, when he betrayed Jesus, he did not cause the death of Jesus. Jesus willingly laid down his life for you and me now you think about the power you think about that amazing picture of what jesus did he did so in his own power because he loves us that much that jesus was willing to give it says he gave up his spirit they didn't take it he didn't lose it it wasn't something that drained away from him It wasn't something that fell away from a a living being. Jesus gave up his spirit. And that is the ultimate picture, not only of love, but of power. In fact, in scripture, it tells us in John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, it says, Therefore, Jesus speaking, my father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. The power of God that he actually allowed his life to be taken and he did it for you and for me and so we see in this statement those words it is finished the picture of his power his love the scriptures being fulfilled of a work being accomplished but the one thing we must always remember that we must always celebrate, and especially on Easter Sunday, always remember that it was a promise fulfilled. Oh, yes. If you look back in the scriptures in John chapter 10... In verse 18, the second part of that verse, we read the first part a moment ago. No one takes it from me. I lay it down on myself. But look what it says in the second part of that verse. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. A promise that came from the words of Jesus, from the heart of God. And here Jesus made it very clear. They don't take my life from me. I willingly lay down my life and I will take it again because he had told them that you might take this body down, you might destroy this temple, but in three days I will rebuild it. The Pharisees were confused when he made that statement. They couldn't believe that he would be arrogant enough to, to, to say or to claim that the entire temple could be destroyed, but yet then he, one man, could in three days rebuild the temple. What they did not understand, that he was not talking about a building that was built of stone, he was talking about his own body. Because the presence of God was not sitting in that temple. The presence of God was right there in front of them. Jesus, the son of God, and he promised, and I will rise again. And that is exactly what he did three days later. They took his body down from that cross that day. The women who were gathered there, those who loved him, I'm sure the tears were rolling down their cheeks. I'm sure that there was much pain, much sorrow, much fear. The scriptures even bear it out that they, after this took place, that they ran away in a room and locked themselves away to get away from the crowds, to get away from the people, to mourn the death of Jesus. Absolutely, their hearts were broken. As they laid him in that borrowed tomb, they had to feel hopelessness unlike anything that they'd ever experienced. Oh, three days later, on that Sunday morning, that first Easter Sunday morning, as they came to the tomb, they experienced something that, to be honest, they didn't expect to experience. As they walked up to that tomb that day, that stone that had been placed there, it was gone. They looked inside, and that body that they had seen just a few days before, being placed in that tomb, being wrapped in that burial shroud, That body was no longer there. And the reason it was no longer there is that Jesus did exactly what he promised that he would do. He walked out of that grave in his own power. He rose again. In the days that followed, people saw him. The Bible tells us over 500 had the opportunity of seeing him in the days to follow. And what we see and what we understand is that when they experienced the risen Lord, it gave them energy and power unlike anything that they'd ever seen before. Because now they knew without any doubt, without any question, that Jesus did exactly what he promised that he would do. When we look back into the scriptures in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 15, It says that he, Jesus, he died for all and that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them. And here's the key and rose again. You see, Jesus rose again. First Corinthians chapter 15, verses three and four. It says this, for I delivered to you that which I first, would I also receive that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, and that he was buried. And they thought it was over at that point the soldiers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, that he died for our sins, that he was buried. But listen to these words. And that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. You see, Jesus rose again. Today, Christ lives. It doesn't matter what's going on in our world. It doesn't matter the economic climate. It doesn't matter the virus that is spreading around the world. It doesn't matter the people who are hurting. It doesn't matter the people who are discouraged. It doesn't matter how you might feel today. Today, our Christ lives. And if you're looking for hope, and if you're looking for promise, and if you're looking for something that will give you the joy that you've been seeking, find it in the Jesus who lives today. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14, an important statement. It says these words, For if we believe, for if we believe that Jesus died and that he rose again. Today, my friends, that is the hope that we have. The hope that we have will never be found in the government. The hope that we have will never be found in our education. The hope that we have will never be found in our bank accounts or in the stock market. The hope that we have will never be found in how many Facebook friends or Twitter followers that you have. The hope that we have, the hope that we long for, the hope that we desire so deeply in our lives is found in one place if we believe that Jesus died and that he rose again. Today, my friends, on this Easter Sunday, an Easter that is unprecedented, an Easter that we have never experienced going all the way back 2,000 years to the moment that he walked out of that grave. We've never experienced an Easter like this. But let me just tell you, whether we can meet in a room or not, Jesus is still alive. And the hope that he offers... The promise that He gives, the love that He displayed, the future that He is willing to give to you today is still real. It is still available if we believe. The scriptures tell us in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And then Jesus said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first that He may establish the second. And by that will... We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Once and for all. When you come to the place when you believe in Jesus, when you recognize that he is the one that came to give us everything that we could ever long for or hope for, when you come to the place in your life when you recognize that it's something that we could never do for ourselves, When you come to the place where you recognize that Jesus is not in the grave, that Jesus rose and that today Jesus lives, let me tell you what that does for you and what it does for me. It brings us to a place where we know that we will have hope no matter what. If we're locked away in a home in isolation, Jesus gives hope. If we get a bad report from the doctor, (laughs) Jesus still gives hope. If we feel as if uh, our financial challenges are more than we could ever overcome. Jesus still gives hope if we believe. My friends, today on this Easter Sunday, my prayer for you is that you will believe. The Bible's clear. The Bible is absolutely clear. And it tells us, as I shared a few moments ago, Romans 3, 23, that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 tells us that the wages of our sin is death. That's not a physical death. It's a spiritual death. We deserve separation from God forever because of our sin. But listen to the good news. The good news is this, that while the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Today, if you're watching this service, and maybe in your life you've never come to the place where you've honestly said, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is God's son. I believe that he died and that he rose again for me. If you have never done that, my friends, the greatest news that I could ever share with you is just simply this. The Bible tells us that if you will believe in him, if you will believe that he is the son of God, if you will believe that he did die and that he rose again, Romans ten thirteen just simply says this, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The greatest news you will ever hear, the greatest word that could ever be shared is the word anyone. And that means that no matter what you've done and no matter who you've hurt, No matter how many sins that you've committed, no matter how many bad things that you have done in your lifetime, God still loves you. And if you will simply believe in Jesus and call on his name today, the promise of God, not the promise of a preacher, the promise of God is that you will be saved. So, right now, I'm gonna ask you to bow your head. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes. And wherever you might be, I'm going to ask you that if you have never trusted Christ, believed in Him, who He is, what He's done, what He today is still doing for us as He sits at the right hand of the Father, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer along with me, asking God to do what He promises to do, to forgive you and to save you. Would you pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I thank You for loving me. God, I don't understand why You do, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I have blown it time and time again. But God, today I am so grateful that you love me anyway. I believe that Jesus is your son. And I believe that he died and that he rose again. So, Father, today forgive me of my sins. Save me today through your son, Jesus. And help me to live for you for the rest of my life as you give me the power to do it. Thank you, God for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My friend, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to know that heaven is rejoicing. The scriptures tell us that there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels when even one sinner repents and comes to Christ. And so today, if you made that decision, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it with all of your heart, then today... Rejoice Today, let your heart be full of joy and hope and comfort and encouragement because here is what God has just done for you. He has saved you for today. He has saved you for tomorrow and he has saved you for eternity. Jesus rose from the grave so that you and I would never have to die so that we would have eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so if you prayed that prayer, I want you to let me know would you just simply email me at pastor at trbc.org. We would love to rejoice with you, to celebrate with you, to share with you what it truly means and what you can do from this day forward to live in the power and the presence of our risen Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that on this Easter Sunday that you have been impacted by the amazing love that God has shown to us by the giving of His Son, Jesus, who died, who was buried, and who rose again for you. And so today, if you've made a decision for Christ, or if you'd like to talk further about what it is that Christ wants to do in your life, I encourage you to email me at pastor at trbc.org so that we can connect with you and help you begin to live a life, a brand new journey with Christ at the center. If you would like to help contribute to our ministry as we take this message of the gospel around the world, go to the link on the screen today and help us help others with an amazing message of God's love.